Welcome to this episode of the Stuttering is Cool podcast. This windy episode, it's a little bit windy where I am at right now in the park. The same park I recorded uh, two episodes ago. My um, uh, review of the absolutely awesomely epic Iceland um, International Stuttering Association World Congress that took place in Iceland at the end of June and... Um, in that episode, <laughs> it was an hour-long episode where I'm walking in this park and all you hear is this. My footsteps. And I didn't realize how loud, I guess, the ground is. Um, and when I played back my episode, I was horrified going, I can't post this. Uh, it's too loud. However, nobody complained. And um, uh, before recording this episode, uh, the interview that I'm going to have, my interviewee was telling me how she enjoyed listening to the footsteps because it was actually soothing. <laughs> it was very relaxing. some birds so I thought to myself so I no no not to thought to myself I told her okay you know you know what when I record the intro for this episode in your honor I'm gonna (laughs) go back to that park and record the intro and the outro so on today's episode we are talking about uh, stuttering of course (laughs) sorry I had a uh, lost train of thought. Uh, I'll be interviewing Nina G, who is who. I'm pretty sure you've come across her name many times. She's built up quite a following, and um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Not reputation. Doesn't doesn't sound right. Uh, a name, a name for herself. Uh, so uh, yeah, she's a, so. Long story short, she's going to introduce herself anyway. But uh, just to give you a bit of a background, I met her ten years ago at the National Stunning Association conference, where she was just starting out being a comedian. So, yep, stand-up comedian who stutters. Uh, she also has dyslexia. So we're going to talk about. We're going to learn actually, actually everything about dys- dyslexia, and it's very fascinating. Uh, I'm learning as well for the first time in this ep- in this interview that I had recorded yesterday, and um, very very fascinating. And there are references that I make to my comics. So if this is your first time listening, I draw comics about stuttering, featuring a stuttering fox. His name is Frankie Banky, and I do mention my book, which is a book on stuttering. In case you're wondering, that's an airplane flying overhead. Um, let me go this way. Um, there was a fork in the road, so I'm going to go this way. Uh, my book, Stuttering is Cool, A Guide to Stuttering in a Fast-Talking World, has my comics. And it's a survival guide for stuttering. <laughs> uh, all, all of my tips on and methods on how to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, you know, one small baby step at, at, a, at a time. And uh, gaining more confidence and less fear, becoming less fearful uh, in stuttering openly, and knowing what to do when you know people you know give you a funny look or they try to finish your sentence or anything else that uh, you, know, you may hate hate about or fear about stuttering open openly. Uh, it's a great little book, if I do say so myself, but I am biased. Uh, it is 
being used as a textbook in nine universities, eight, actually, actually eight, <laughs> but soon nine, uh, and maybe 10 and 11, just waiting to hear back on confirmation across North America and currently being translated into French with a launch date. Uh, we're targeting uh, October, so this fall. So far, so good. We are well ahead of schedule, so really excited about that. Uh, and I said we, that's the Association Begema Communication, the ABC, and uh, they're a steering association that serves the people in the province of Quebec, um, in Canada. If, you know, you may, uh, you know, you may be worried that Canada has two official languages, English and the Romantic language of French. So, um, or as I was telling my uh, friend and translator of my book, Geneviève, the other day, um, you know, Italian, which is my background, Italian is a sexy language, uh, French is a romantic language, and Spanish is a tasty language. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'm way off top. Oh, uh, stutteringschool.com for details about my book to get your hands on a printed copy or a digital copy. Uh, well, Let's stop talking about me because <laughs> this is all about Nina G. Hi, this is N N N Nina G. I'm a comedian, professional speaker, and the author of so Stutter Interrupted, the comedian who almost didn't happen. And there's a there are a couple of reasons why I have you on this episode. Number one, you... Well, to make up for not recording your keynote at the Iceland Congress, <laughs> which yes, I forgot to do, I do without asking. I have a copy of that, which oh, I was good. trying to put onto YouTube. So um, if I can nice. figure that out in time, we can make that happen. Sure. Yeah, sure. Actually, you have you have about a week because I because uh, I aim to put episodes up uh, every Tuesday. So seeing that recording this on a Tuesday and to give a bit of a sound, uh, not sound, uh, a time stamp it's july 30th 2019 <laughs> great people listening in the future so you know what yeah never mind just something that i like to do to give a bit of context of what time what time frame what era this podcast was in um and and, and also this is a week before my book comes out because my book comes out august oh 6th. it's not out yet no oh, that's you right had, you had the pre premiere like a yeah. premiere look and i have a copy a signed copy thank you for that one I know, no I know. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I'm bad, but I will. I will. I will. Uh, other, re <laughs> other reason. Uh, two episodes ago, I did. I did manage to record your Q and A during the Congress. Um, so that's on that episode. But uh, I'm gonna play uh, the full Q and A. I only played the one part. Um, there was a one question, and <laughs> I forget what question it was. Um, but uh, you'll be able to hear it once we get started um and then thirdly um wow i really didn't prepare for this one i usually have everything in my head and just ah, gone because it's july yeah um, thirdly yes second part of this episode will be nice and special we have a treat nina is going to tell us all about um access uh sorry um uh dyslexia um what's it like to no what is dyslexia what's it like to live with dyslexia dyslexia i guess 
all the awareness stuff that you wish that you had. So um, I forget. Did you mention that you have dys dyslexia in your intro that you gave? <laughs> My um, memory I didn't. What it used no, to be. but I, I was diagnosed with m multiple learning d disabilities when I was in third grade. Um, and some of it's uh, auditory processing. Some of it is more traditional dyslexia and difficulty reading and writing and stuff like that. It never goes away. You can just find jobs that are more conducive to having dyslexia. Okay. Um, this Congress, in case you are a new listener to, to this podcast, your first time listening, um, in the uh, near the end of June, there was a world, the International Stowing uh, Association World Congress that took place in Iceland. It was the 13th one to take place on the planet. So uh, Nina was one of three people uh, to give keynotes, uh, the keynote. And, and, and you had shared with us your experiences with stuttering, experiences with dyslexia, uh, but specifically the or the non the lack of accommodation that you had um, that you had experienced so I'm gonna stop it with this very long intro it's four minutes now so um, <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do I'm, I'm gonna give you the microphone um, and yeah um, would you like to you know let's begin with <laughs> the keynote that I didn't record so to explain to the listeners probably thinking wow this guy, Danny, is really a jerk. Uh, long story short, it um, it was actually the last day of the Congress that mm -hmm. you gave your keynote. And it was one of those where, you know, it's the last week of the or the end of, you know, a week long Congress. And, you know, you're making connections, friends, and the time is ticking and you're trying to make it to a certain <laughs> workshop and this and this. And I believe I probably even walked in late to your keynote or maybe I was just at the beginning but long story short my brain was elsewhere and in yeah. the middle of your keynote I thought oh crap <laughs> I forgot to start recording <laughs> and I thought okay quickly let me do okay I'll record the Q&A and then yeah long story short you can talk well, now <laughs> I, I'm just gonna assume that you were just so engaged and enthralled that you I forgot was. to put your phone on that's I that's was I was oh, okay. I was actually because at one point, you know, you had called me out in front of the whole the whole audience saying, you know, where is blah, blah. And I put my hand in. What's the sound that the that the, tea, the, the grown-ups make in the Peanuts cartoon? So I had to yell out, wah, wah, wah. It was really cool. And then Good. I saw Frankie Banky on one of your slides. I'm like, hey, Frankie Banky knows Nina G since when? He never told me. So that was nice. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, and I showed Frankie Banky um, along with many other That's things right. that this stuttering community does because people need to come to us about how to represent us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, like you see stuttering in movies and it's just really, really crappy representations of us because they don't ask us they just look us up on youtube or something and that's that's not the way to go you can actually yeah. talk to us hire us and <laughs> we'll tell you what to say what to do and and the things that are important to us and our experiences mm -hmm. yeah yeah there was there was one who was it i forget who was a few months ago where they had contacted this, the Canadian Stuttering Asso Asso Association regarding, was it a documentary or a TV show? Something like that. Someone's creating a film <laughs> of some sort and they wanted to depict stuttering properly. And it had to do, oh no, it had to do with 
uh, sign language. And I remember because I'm on the advisory board, I did make the recommendation. I said, hey, you know, just so you know, um, there is evidence of stuttering in sign language. There was a little bit of an argument going on. No, that's only anecdotal. That is very rare. It's still well, relevant. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> totally rare, but it's still there. <laughs> yeah, but... I mean, in the, I mean, I mean, it is all good, but I like the idea of, um, actually, this is pretty, what's the word I'm looking for? Not lame, but, um, it goes without saying, you know, I really do like it when people do consult. Like, for example, I recently asked you, uh, uh, because I'm working yes. on, uh, not a redesign of my book, but a branding, uh, changing the cover of the book. And I found out too late uh, in the game. Long story short, the fonts I'm using uh, may not be uh, accessible to people with dyslexia. So I'm like, hey, Nina, not that I'm expecting you to represent all the knowledge of the world. But right. so it's nice to. Yeah. But now we're off topic. Let's go back to your keynote. It's yeah, all about you. One thing is, <laughs> one thing is about that, which I've been meaning to get back to you. Like to me, all of the fonts looked fine, except for the one that's very. I think it was like a clock or something a clock. that had dashes. Had dashes. I'm gonna have to go. Oh yes, yes, the digital readout. Yeah, that, that was the only one thing that overwhelmed me yeah. as a dyslexic. The other stuff, yeah. you know, it is you hard def- to read for anyone. But yeah, that yeah, that one I left in just to see what would happen. That wasn't part Good. of the test. I want yeah. to know about future. Long story short, was a comic strip about. Um, voice uh, assistants so alexa google siri <laughs> and i thought it'll be funny to use digital readouts so yeah the game is changing now in the world so and yeah. i did find out that many 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 comic fonts are not accessible <laughs> i'm like oh crap <laughs> yeah but the pictures are the pictures yeah, are i didn't even ask are the pictures accessible yeah yes <laughs> they are descriptive of what's going on then yes I think that works. I like that. Yes, that makes sense. Well, we got to talk. Okay, we'll save this for the second part of the episode about dyslexia. So uh, your keynote, what was it like? Now you had our now you had now you have some experience. I mean, obviously on the stage, you're a comedian, but Mm -hmm. giving keynotes, uh, you had mentioned in your Iceland keynote that you were in Ireland as well. You gave a keynote. So what was it like in Iceland giving your keynote and to your peers? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, every, every keynote I feel very fortunate to do, I do it a lot for di- disability organizations. But when you talk to people who s- stutter, like it just amps up the community all the much more. Um, mm-hmm. And it makes it very, very sp- special. And I've, you know, and I felt very privileged to do it. Um, And I really wanted to kind of stress the community that we have, which is why I wanted to include you. I wanted to include people from all over the world. And I had that one slide of the face. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know the faces. Would you like to describe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and 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 your audience knows the face if they stutter, and it's that it's that confused look, that pity look, the uh, 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 <laughs> look. That th- those are my sound effects for the did face. Did you did you ever get those sounds as a response? Uh, <laughs> no, well, what I've been getting lately. Oh, this is in in my stand up when I have audiences who think they're super liberal. 
who are too afraid to laugh at the disabled oh, comic. That's very uncomfortable. Yeah, oh, I, I can. God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> which is kind of good. So, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, just, sorry. So and so now I have a joke where I make fun of them because I'm like, you know, like the only time that I hear oh, oh, and it's always That's women. Right. Sorry, ladies, but it's you. But it's oh, oh, and they all look at each other like, oh, I'm so nice and wonderful. I was like, no, oh. you are. Um, pitying me and putting me down as a pity thing, and and but I don't say that in my act. What I say is <laughs> I do that in my because yeah, that's I not dare you. In my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah. in my everyday life, I I don't get that. It's not like when I'm at uh, Starbucks oh. and I place an order, and the barista says, "Is that Nina with five ends? Where's my freaking?" pity moan then and so that's how i bring it out to kind of warn people don't pity moan me i'm telling you now <laughs> pity moan <laughs> you know i never thought of that i never realized that um that you get that pity moan in a certain context right for example like uh your stand-up when i did improv my graduation improv class course i had to introduce the next improv game so I threw in, by the way, I stutter, and the whole room was like, aww. But I think, but I think more from an endearing point of yes. view. That was the, the vibe that I got. Uh, but I never thought, like, made that, I don't know, connection between, I don't get that. <laughs> Hi, can I order a whatever latte? Oh, well, I didn't stutter in that example, but yeah, yes. <laughs> never thought of that. <laughs> That's a Frankie Banky comic waiting to happen. I'm going to yeah. steal your idea. I'm going to steal oh, please. it. <laughs> please. <laughs> and not give you credit. There we go. <laughs> Be evil about it. No. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Please. Did anybody give you the ah uh, moment at that Iceland? I don't think so. No, no, no. Because no, we all get it. I didn't, get, any, I didn't yeah. get anybody substituting anything I was going to say. Yeah. You know, it, like <laughs> at a stuttering conference, it's the one time that you don't encounter that stuff. That's right. And that's why it's so important to go for anybody. Um, go to a stuttering conference, the nearest one near you, um, because you you need to experience life uninterrupted and you and so that when you go back home and you get interrupted you know what that feels like to not be and that you can start to create a world where those interruptions are minimized wow i never heard it um worded that way wow i'm so glad that i met you see we met at a conference starring conference yes. yeah <laughs> What was it? That must have been 10 years ago. Almost. It's been 10 Holy years. Holy mackerel. Yes. Wow. It's been a wild ride. Love it's, it. Yeah, Love exactly. It. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm trying to remember the other stuff from your keynote that I didn't record. All, To be honest, all I remember are the dyslexia stuff because it's a whole new world for me. <laughs> and yeah. all the pictures of you from the 1970s. Um, 80s, I, 80s. It was 1981. Well, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's a childhood. We're the same I, age. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty. It, it's my birthday is next week, and I don't oh, want happy birthday people, people to know exactly. Eighties. She was born yesterday, not in that no, sense. No, I was born in the seventies, <laughs> but those pictures were of the eighty. You know, the, we don't yeah. need to make yeah, me yeah. any more older. No. Yeah. All those faded pictures without using filters. That's the way yes. the world was, right? We didn't right. have those fake filters. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, considering that your uh, you come with such a unique perspective. Um, 
that you not only grew up with stuttering, but you grew up with stuttering and dyslexia. Another disability that um, uh, comes with a lot of misconceptions. I remember in your keynote, one that made me go, oh, how would have I, like I, like I, like, like I tend to think to myself, how would have I handled that situation if I was in that teacher's shoes? I thought, wow, that was wrong. But how could you, well, like, like it really made me think for a long time, um, which, um, <coughs> excuse me, where you were given the um, accommodation. Uh, you're talking about, I think it was either the assignments or your tests, uh, where, say, for example, I think the students had like eight questions, but you were given four. But then they took away the accommodation and they gave, and I guess you failed or something. Yeah. yeah. And so what happened there? And so year after year, when I, I was diagnosed with a learning di disability in third grade, and that's about the same time where they identified me as a person who stutters. And I really uh -huh. think that that happened a little bit earlier, but just everything like blew up in the, the, the third time. grade. Wow. Um, so that when <coughs> I, started to get uh, accommodations. But I went to Catholic school in the 1980s, which I always tell people, you shouldn't pity me for having dyslexia or for stuttering, but you can pity me for going to Catholic school in the 1980s with those things because it was really hard. So mm -hmm. I always let people know that like, it's not necessarily that I have these things, but it's the response from the environment that is yeah. the problem. And Catholic school was a problem in many oh, of Was that because of the um, California's Catholic school system or, I, or was it throughout the states? Or it, It's um, Catholic school in America and in other parts of the world isn't always the most welcoming, accommodating, inclusive place. They kind of teach to one kind of student and expect everyone to conform in that way. Oh, that's all over the place, especially yes. back in the 80s. And yes. the 70s, holy max. Yeah, like your keynote gave me flashbacks to my own childhood. Now, I don't have dyslexia. I probably had a learning disability. I don't know, an, an undiagnosed one. Or at the very least, I learned dif differently. But <coughs> I don't know why I'm coughing all of a sudden. Um, but I remember how much I hated when just the whole, the way the school system was more... It's a one-size-fits-all, which is not true. It's totally not true. And thank goodness it's different t today, beginning to be different. I don't know about in the States, but I know in Canada it's starting to be more inclusive. All the kids with disabilities were separated. I remember that in the 80s. And then one day, suddenly, we're all integrated, but nobody told us anything. No one prepared Here, go talk that. to this kid with autism, like low-functioning autism. And... I had and I, all I remember was chasing him outside the school grounds during gym class. I'm like, come back, come back. I look back and I think to myself, wow, all those things I did wrong and I didn't know because I was only what 12, 13. They just dropped me in. <laughs> totally different time. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I keep talking about myself. Yeah, no, that's okay. No, and and yeah, I mean, feel free to. And, you know, part of all of that is, is um, Catholic school was this very stringent thing and they didn't have any training in this stuff. But, you know, you're Italian. Are you Catholic? <laughs> it usually comes in a pair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the like whole Italian thing. Like, I know. Yeah, I'm also yes. Italian background too. 
Yeah. And, um, and, and my parents were like, well, you know, this is the school we want to put you in and we think you'd be safe here. And, um, and emotionally it wasn't the safest place because the teachers really didn't want to give me the accommodations. They acted as if I was so stupid. They, uh, it's my parents every year would have to talk and to advocate. And that's where I really learned how to advocate was, it was from my parents at this time. Cause they were pretty open with me. Like, like once in the, in the eighth grade, my dad said, Oh, I had to kick your mom underneath the table because she's uh, starting get, getting on her soapbox about, uh, uh, accommodations and all the things that you could do and learning to disability. So it was really important for me to hear that. Yeah. Um, and in the eighth grade, that's kind of when things started to pop um, because I had an accommodation where it wasn't eight questions. It was like 20 questions. It was like 40 questions. And it was like, I don't know why I had eight, eight in my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, No, sorry, sorry, eight, like, yeah. eight I could do. Like, <laughs> like 40. So, ouch. Ouch. Did I yeah. imply that completely unintended? Sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. You... <laughs> You just had like a random number, <laughs> which like probably in Canada, they were assigning eight in this. No. Like, no. Okay. Okay. No, and I remember thinking, wow, wow. They only gave eight questions in an exam in the States. Wow. Yeah. I right. know. No. Yeah. And like, this was like diagramming sentences, which they don't even ugh. do. Now. <laughs> I, hate, like, I right? never got that. I hate that to this day. Uh, ugh. <gasps> No, and um, there's and no so, point in doing that, to be honest, to learning that crap. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, it's, <laughs> it's totally absurd, and and I'm sure some people love it and all that, but like for me Not with us. my dyslexia, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so after the entire, you know, first or two, like it was the first semester, I went up to my teacher and I was like, "What's my grade?" And she's like, well, you're getting an F. And I'm all, wait, I've been doing all this work. Because because I was like, if I get to do half the work, then I'm going to do that work to the best of my uh, abilities. And it was some easy ones, some middle ones, and some hard ones. And I went through and I did it all. But she was grading me not based off of that work, like an accommodation should be, because you take those 10 questions out of the 20 and you grade based on that. So if I got two wrong and eight right, then I get 80%, just like I would have if the whatever the equation would be otherwise. But she said I did half the work. The most I could get was 50%. Half. <laughs> half. And then I and, and I told her, I was like, yeah. then why am I even trying? I could have done nothing and gotten the same grade. And she's like, well, that's what you guys wanted. Um, mm. And so needless to say I, I was very upset my mom was pretty upset too uh, but you know it was just like this kind of stuff happened every year but in the eighth grade um I spent a, a lot of time in the bathroom because when do what where do stuttering dyslexics go when they have to re read out loud they have to go to the bathroom because <laughs> I'm not gonna put myself through that and so I would spend a ton of time in there and there's this one time when my cousin who was in class with me came in with a teacher's coffee cup. Oh, and I, I forgot like, about this one. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh, okay. No, 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 no. But I forgot until now. Like now that yeah, you mentioned, yeah. like, holy crap, I remember this. Yeah, sorry, yes. go ahead. Yes, Ouch. and so she came in with a coffee cup and I was like, hey, hey, why don't we put just a little bit of toilet water in the coffee cup? And we went over and we dunked it in just a teeny tiny bit. 
And then we went over, filled the rest up with tap water. And I went back to class and I saw my eighth grade teacher drink toilet water. And I have to say, I felt so empowered. (laughs) And like, this is not the way to get your kids to feel empowered to, you know, yeah, but you act out in the ways that you feel you have control. And if we can teach kids and and adults too, that they do have some power and give some of that power back to them, we don't have to be drinking toilet water. We could be spending our time in better ways. And that's why I think that advocacy piece is key. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry while I continue laughing. <laughs> you don't know how proud I was. <laughs> yeah. So what happened after after you finished school? So how did you go from not getting accommodation? This and and you have a PhD, I believe, right? It's actually a a a PsyD, which is in clinical psych. So it's like, it's not a PhD, but it's a doctorate. It's still a doctorate. Um, Sounds the same to me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, that means you also have a master's, right? If you have the doctorate. No, it was a combined program or like it wasn't. You're in university. You graduated. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Well, I, I, I ended up going to public school. Oh, for, oh, for high school okay. um, because the Catholic school that would always that like everybody fed into didn't accept me, which was a blessing. That yeah, was yeah, divine so intervention as far as I was the concerned. Irony, and, eh? The irony, yes, eh? you'd think. Right. See, exactly. I'm Catholic and in my head is going, what were they thinking? Like these group mm-hmm. of individuals, whoever had that power in that school, like what were you thinking? And this is what I always yeah. say, especially when I talk to Catholic schools or Christian schools. It was like, you know, WWJD. I don't know if you guys have that. <laughs> what like, would Jesus do? Yeah. What would Jesus do? I'm pretty sure he'd say, give the kid a freaking accommodation. I'm like, pretty I don't sure know. there's a Bible passage somewhere where it's not those words accommodation, but I'm sure I've come across something. Well, Moses, I mean, God gave Moses an accommodation of his brother. Can't can't we go off of that? Like, I love that. Yes, it's too. Did you ever use that in your Um, elementary school? It is in my book. It is in my book. But no, I I didn't. Elementary school time. That would have been funny. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, answer me that one, madam. (laughs) (laughs) We barely opened the Old Testament. In my Catholic schools. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, I know. I was more, we we were more New Testament, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, so, um, I just realized now, I I should have probably asked you to explain what is dyslexia for anyone. (laughs) Yes, Uh, okay, so there's there's a number of different kinds of learning disabilities, Mm -hmm. and, like, I think... Once I heard it's like 135 wow. places in the brain that can cause a learning di- disability of some kind. And hmm. so some people have like one very specific thing and others have more global things. And uh, mine is more global. Okay. And so I have some central, auditor- some central auditory processing issues. So like, and, and that is the Charlie Brown's teacher thing, which is what? Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Without the laughing. Based on your age and comic book experience, I'm so happy to have you there. Um, 
So, wah, 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 wah. and so then that was when I was a, a little, little kid, when I was two and a half, I started to chirp instead of talk because I would ask for cheese for my mom and dad and I do and for chicken I do. So was that because you so if I were so if you're, you know, in third grade right now and I would tell you, would you like some cheese? You would actually hear, would you like some cheese? It okay. So when and and this is still what it's like now. Okay. And especially like I just spent a week in Tennessee um, and uh, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I am not used to I am not used to that accent. Wow. So I would hear blah 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 blah, and I was like trying to pick up the tone, trying to pick up on certain words. I would. Uh, as soon as I would ask what, then I would get it. But like my processing time on it, oh. I I needed to have extra. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that is what that's like now. But it was even more intense when I was a kid because my brain didn't have as many neurons to compensate. Oh, okay. oh I, I mean, okay. That's, I, I don't like, that's not scientific research. <laughs> You're just making up your own little pseudoscience thing. Great. Okay. Sure. Fine. (laughs) You know, we do it a lot in in the country I'm from. True. So, yes. (laughs) Dyslexia fake news. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And and so what that central auditory processing stuff was, was like an early sign something was going on in my head that was neurologically different from everybody else. And... In third, in, in first and second grade, you're learning how to read. So a lot of us who are identified as having dyslexia, we are identified in third grade because you go from learning to read to reading to learn. Oh, I see. And that is where it's like, oh, you have to read science and you have to read history and you have to read this and that. And that's when it's like things really start to break down. Okay. And so that's when I got tested at this place, which I live like less than a mile away now called Raskob Learning Institution. Mm-hmm. And um, and they diagnosed me and said she should have these things in school. And my parents then had to advocate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and so with the dyslexia, that impacts me when I visually see something sometimes like it, like it's not everything. And so I'll give you an example of that, that I use when I train on this is I was reading the book, jump the shark, you know, jump the shark, right? Is that the one about TV shows when they do one thing on a TV show and it just destroys the rest of the show? (laughs) Yes. That is an excellent. Yeah. It's funny. of that yeah. and and it all comes from when Fonzie jumped the shark okay <laughs> I yeah. remember that episode it was so cheesy even to my how old was I I must have been six or seven we were like thought, eight yeah what the like that. Hell? <laughs> yeah and it wasn't bad enough that he was on water skis but he had his jacket his on his jacket too. yeah yeah I remember <laughs> so dumb yeah. okay so anyway I was re- reading that book by John Hine and in it, I was reading on a chapter on Gilligan's Island. And in it, I read the following <clears throat> sentence. The castaways were s- st- st- standard on the island. And I looked at that. I was like, the castaways were s- standard on the island. What's that mean? Does that mean that everything was the same on the island? Did it mean like, and I started going into this whole description 
and the thing is, the word sh- sh- should have been what? Stranded. Stranded, exactly. Oh. But those two words, standard and stranded, if you if you write them out, they look alike. Yes, I get that. Now I know I'm I'm running into the whole. Everybody stutters a little bit. <laughs> I experience sometimes I'm reading something and I swear it's a different word. Then when I read it again, it's back to the real one. <laughs> now I'm going. But for you, I'm assuming it's always str- um, standard, standard, standard. So if you see it again, it'll be st- standard, not stranded. Well, and, and part of this is, is that with my educational and training background, I've taken a lot of stats court or not a lot. I've taken two years of stats. I have read a lot in education oh, and okay. standard is a word that I see a lot, <laughs> <laughs> which is great if I'm reading in the field of education. Ah. Not so good if I'm reading Jump the Shark by John Hine. Those yeah. same skills do not help me there. And yeah. so that's kind of where your brain starts to compensate. But then when you step out of that domain, out of that uh, specialty area, it doesn't always carry over. Oh, wow. So does that mean, if I'm understanding correctly, that eventually you'll see uh, stranded? Um, Or you just know, like to you it means, oh, uh, standard could mean stranded or standard. (laughs) Yeah, no, so like if I look again, I will see where the R is. But my brain, because so when you, let's see, how is, whenever I explain this, it's super vivid visual and it's not going to work here (laughs) of course not because murphy's law (laughs) yeah exactly and so there is a difference in the brain in the occipital temporal lobe in someone who has dyslexia and so that is the place where there's a little bit of visual and a little bit of language and that is the place where we process written text okay that is where there's a difference for people who have dyslexia and that is why also to compensate for not being able to to tease apart words in the way that most people do, our brain compensates by looking at the whole word and just not the different parts of it. Oh, wow. And so that's where my brain processed it, actually processes it in the left frontal lobe first. And that's what the MRIs say. Um, that we process it in the front because we look at the whole word and then we will go with what we think that shape is. And sometimes that's why we confuse saw and was. That's why we may confuse a B and a D because it's shaped in the same way. And is that also why in the beginning you had mentioned as long as my comics are describing the action as well? Everything's yeah, okay. Yeah, so context. Mm. Context is yeah. a key part of this because we, and, and I had once a very non-knowledgeable non dyslexic tell me that <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the way it sounds. Like, he, knew <laughs> he knew stuff. Yeah. And he is an expert in this area. Oh, okay. um, and he, he was saying that um, that the thing that separates those of us who can read a little bit more efficiently if we do have dyslexia, isn't that we are reading more fluidly, 
But <laughs> instead, it is that we know what the context is and that the context do oh. doesn't fit. And oh, okay. comics are so good because it shows what the context is. And that's why, like, for me, comics haven't always, like, I get tired of, like, the tracking and the, and, like, the, oh. sometimes there's a lot of inference. Yeah. And I have a hard time yeah. with that. Like, I me just too. need yeah. it to be, like, like, like a Richard Pryor stand-up special, and, and it needs to be in my face. <laughs> swear words. Like, yeah. that's what I need. Um, but the nuances of a comic oftentimes will be a description of those words. And that's why I love, like, um, oh. like my children's book, Once Upon an Accommodation, mm -hmm. a book about learning to disabilities. There are pictures that are very simple, but are descriptions of what the words are. And oh, for wow. me, when I have had to learn information, I will try to learn it in a me me metaphor. So this oh. thing that I'm trying to s study is like this thing I saw on TV. Ah, I'll yeah. Image it and I'll see what the concept looks like. Um, and like one of my favorite th theories in sociology is Brough and Brenner's echo system that that um, breaks down with like the person in the middle and then the microsystem and the meso and the exo and the macro and how all those things interact with each other to impact on the individual. I learned <laughs> that. <laughs> no, no, okay. So what I did with that, yeah. you will love this. Okay. The way that I understood that was I applied s s s Springfield onto it. And so I have the Bart Simpsons? in the middle. <laughs> yes. It's beautiful. And then I have Marge and I have Homer and his teacher and the principal in the micro. And then the oh, XO is like the policeman, Wiggums, and then um and the seven eleven and the and, and the mayor. So all of that is in the XO ah. and the Crusty is in the in the macro, so that you have all of these things that work to impact on the individual. You know what? I can see um, a stuttering, something related to stuttering, uh, like Anita's keynote, who, uh, which was featured on the previous episode of this podcast. She was talking about the fluency smorgasbord, and you know, basically what you're describing. So you have the person who stutters, the parents, the siblings, the friends, the community, the speech language pathologist, blah, blah, blah. Hmm, I'm learning. Look at this. See, it's good to get out to a stirring conference. <laughs> yes, well, and also, also to give them a plug, I have a chapter in Stammering, Pride, and Prejudice okay. that actually talks about this exact same thing. Um, it doesn't oh. have any of the Simpsons stuff because copyright, but uh, but I do talk about how the individual is there because I, I really feel that speech to therapists and psychologists and counselors need to just not interact with us in the office, but they need to advocate for us in the EXO and the macro exactly. systems to change laws and to advocate in best practices and to really fight for our rights to be heard. Yeah. Silly question, but because I just don't know, are there different forms and types of dyslexia? So you mentioned the auditory, the visual. Is there are there other other things that you wish the world would know? 
Well, there is. And like, and this is where I, sometimes I say learning disabilities because dyslexia can impact reading words and numbers. But then there is dyscalculia, which is another kind of learning disability, which is a disability in math. Ah. And and so some people have more of a a spatial issue thing. And so they have a harder time in geometry. Some people um, are fine with that, but they have a harder time in algebra or calculating numbers. And it's been said, uh, you know, Einstein is one of those people that people who have Asperger's want to take them. People who have autism want to say, no, he's ours. (laughs) People who have dyscalculia say, no, he's ours. People who have ADHD says, no, he's ours. We don't know exactly what he has, but he couldn't balance a checkbook from the thing that I've heard, but oh, he could do wow. like the super complex math. Yeah. And is, so it's a, it's a different part of the brain. Ah, that's why. Is Was Einstein the one who, um, who couldn't button his shirts? Like he would always have an extra button no matter what. Is that related to the um, spatial yeah. thing? Or? And, and so there is like, I don't know my left from my right. Like you just asked me to... Uh, oh, <laughs> like, it's with a mic. I it was, was actually like, in my head after I said turn it counterclockwise. Yeah. I thought, oh, I wonder if that's also part of dyslexia. <laughs> yes, no, and so I totally got that, but I had to think about it. But yeah. if you said le- left or right, it would have taken me a longer time. Oh wow! I mean, for like a second, but yeah, yeah, I would have to. Think I like, get that okay, when I, I drive. I get that when I drive, but I flip things. Mm-hmm. So Simon says make. A left here I end up signaling changing lanes to go right and my passenger is going why did you go right and then left oh that left never mind mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> totally that's but yes. again I don't know if I'm just undiagnosed or I'm just saying everybody is a little dyslexic <laughs> yeah no well, and, but the thing is is that since you stutter the likelihood that you do have dyslexia I think is a little bit more oh, wow. because we are one in five in the general population okay, but wow. we I think what I read and you know maybe we can check on this but it's for for of people who stutter also have some kind of dyslexia, dyscalculia, dis-something or other. There's also dysgraphia, which is a difficulty with handwriting. And so, and and like a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, it's like doctor writing. No, it's a lot more than that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's painful to write. And you give them a, a keyboard and they're fine. So there's ways to get around all that. There's actual physical pain in handwriting, that kind of handwriting? There is fatigue. And, you know, even with dyslexia, it's not pain, but I'm going to fall asleep. Like, it's not going to get done. Whereas, oh, actually, I can show you this, the way that I read. And I don't know if this is going to come through, but let's see. What did someone just send me? Oh, is that an email, a text message? Yeah, no, someone sent me a picture of myself, and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> it freaked me out. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I can't okay. see you. You're recording a podcast. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Um, so this is an app that I have called Free to Go. And in this state, there is a website called bookshare.org. And I can download any book that I want to. 
Or any book that's on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my book too? Since yeah. when? Yeah. Yours would be a little bit harder to yeah. do. Yeah. But here. Is just, your book going to be on there? I have submitted it this week. Ah. So I'm hoping that they have it on there soon. Okay. I have Howard Stern Comes Again, and I don't know what's going to be in that. So I'm not going <laughs> to play that one. I can always put the explicit tag. Anita okay. said oh, the okay. S word in her keynote, so I had to use it. <laughs> yes, excellent. Okay, so this is this is Howard Stern talking about Joan of Rivers. All people, Howard Stern. Which was one of the most frequent guests on the show. I had her on at least forty times. She was also one of the first guests. From the beginning of my career, she had my back. When she was the semi-regular host of the Tonight Show, she. And so, do you have any opinions about that? So are you, no, no, I don't have any opinions. Uh, you're talking to someone who's very active in the digital accessibility world. <laughs> so I'm, to I'm totally used to things like that. Yeah, in fact, I was just writing up a whole resume and cover letter for a position. And so I'm well in that zone right now. Um, and, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, so now I noticed that, now I don't know if it's because just now because you're in front of the camera because uh, we're on a video chat right now but you seem to be looking at your screen while listening to the read yes. so so are you um following along as you look at the words or is it just you usually just listen to it like it an audiobook it oh. totally depends oh, okay. so if i am on a plane um i will look at it if <laughs> could I you imagine you played it on a plane out loud <laughs> Well, I have my headphones on, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and and part of it is is if I really need to know what's on there, I need to have a visual and an auditory. Oh, okay. Um, but if I if and so if it's technical, then definitely yes, and it helps me. But if I am washing the dishes, which I don't know if you can see, but it needs to get done back here. Um, <laughs> that I will put it on. Maybe I'll slow it down a bit, but I can read a 350 words on this. Whereas when I don't have that as an accommodation, it's 110 words a minute. Oh, wow. So that's where it's a lot less frustrating to get through stuff on this. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that particular app or just any, well, no, that was a library app. Yeah, true. Yeah. So any app that has the reading. Any app yeah. and like our phones and our, and our That's iPads, right. yeah. tablets, they all have that. But there's also an app that I really love called voice stream mm -hmm. and it's 10 bucks and you can even scan stuff into it and oh, wow. you can have it read out loud. It's freaking, you know, and, and it's all this technology that when I was in college, was like thousands and thousands of dollars and oh, like wow. just horrible to 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 do and 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 time consuming now it's a minute yeah we we had chatted briefly in iceland that you had tapes so your textbooks were on tape or something i can I only imagine boxes. yeah i can only imagine how many tapes and mm -hmm. in was it psychology or was it in education that you were psychology. studying? It's like, wow, <laughs> and all those long words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> okay, so my next question is, so we're nearing about the 45-minute mark or a little okay. bit past. So um, wrapping up, what would you like to actually... 
Yeah. What would you like educators and the whole world to know in terms mm -hmm. of dyslexia uh, or talking or communicating with people mm -hmm. with dyslexia? Uh, I'm not sure what the, what the, yeah, for every, yeah. What is it that you want the world to know? <laughs> okay, that's <sounds> great. <laughs> Um, for me, what I want the world to know about dyslexia and other kinds of learning disabilities is that we have to create a cognitive and an emotional environment that is more conducive. And when you can create an environment that's more conducive for people like us, that's also going to help everybody else too. That's going to help people yeah. who stutter. That's going to help people who are hard of hearing and deaf. It's going to help people who just learn a little bit differently because there is no neuro diversity that's and right. stuttering and dyslexia and autism and all of that is just part of that yeah. and if we make the environment the bo both in education but also in the workplace and just in interacting in the world a little more flexible that we can adjust to the differences that we need to and focus on everyone's strengths yes what is it about us humans who only focus on the negative did you ever notice that? No matter what it is in society, you know, restaurant reviews, whatever it is, it's just the negative for some reason. Yeah. I know. No, and, and, and these are people and we internalize that negativity and little kids are internalizing that negativity. Yep. And I don't yep. know about you, but that's the crap that, that I had to fight my yeah. entire life to uh, unlearn. And it's oh, a yeah. Me too. process. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To this day. Like mm -hmm. I find myself one day I go, oh, yeah, that's something from when I was whatever age years old. Crap. <laughs> no, exactly. One more question. So I recently I mentioned about the fonts, <laughs> the use of fonts in my comics. So um, it is said in the standards, the web accessibility standards known as WCAG, W-C-A-G. I forget what the acronym is for, <laughs> where they mention um, that all caps, writing in all caps is very difficult, but really for any human on the planet to read, which is why please stop using all caps on Facebook for these people well, that do. Um, that and, font, and, yeah. and like one more thing to add there sure. is that people who use screen readers, they have like, like the screen reader will differentiate different um, caps, non-caps. And what is very helpful is when people hashtag that they hashtag, like when I hashtag the title of my books, uh, Stutterer Interrupted, I make sure to at least capitalize the I because the screen oh. readers will, it's so, so it would say stutterer interrupted That's and it right. makes it so there are those things that are really important in the in the text to speech piece ah because it's reading it as one word yes and they capitalize it oh nice so when you see capitalize so for example in the sample of my book cover where the word stuttering is cool is in all caps, but in comic font, like comic style font, not comic font, <laughs> but comic style font. Was that <laughs> difficult for you to read? Did you have to take a long time to process? You know, I I kind of know who already know. 
<laughs> already know the title. <laughs> yeah, or a rat rather in the comic strip that I sent you. Yes. Where yeah, was that yeah. a bit hard to, like in the speech well, bubbles of Frankie Banky, not the voice yeah. assistants. Yeah. No, the only thing that I had a difficult time with was the dots, like the dot like the dashes. Oh, for... between the stutter. Oh, oh. No, 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 no. It's a from dashes the Alexa devices. That, yeah. that font. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was it. Because um you know, and, and this is one opinion. And when I asked on Facebook yeah, about this, yeah. I, I think the one response that I really liked was there isn't a magic font. There isn't one like like there is bad font. Yeah. And that was not bad font. Okay. But if you can get it in a descriptive way or you can get it like in an in an auditory way, that's the thing that's gonna help. Yeah. Are um do many do many dyslexics or that certain type of visual type, I guess, <laughs> are uh, is reading comics, comic books popular among kids with dyslexia or some yes, or some, some no. yes. Yeah, just it's more yeah, of whoever needs accommodation, a whoever. Yes. Yeah, um, because it well, there's a oh, what's her name? Her name is Anne Bancroft, like the actress, but she is a polar explorer. And oh, wow. She, she has dyslexia and she's like the first woman to ever go in both polls. Mm -hmm. And she said as a kid, she loved na na national ge geographics because it had these beautiful pictures and just like four sentences that described them. Mm. And so those are the ways that we start to compensate for oh, that makes sense. the difficulties when we read. Ah. And what about the ligatures? I always hear about ligatures and dyslexia, people with What's dyslexia. Um, like the lowercase g, for example, the stuff that oh, goes yeah. below, you know, the P, the Q, or the, you know, the B, you know, the upper stuff. Are those hard to process? In um, like, oh. They are hard to process because... Um, that, so I, I cannot identify words sometimes. This is sometimes, but I have a harder time identifying letters when there's no context. Like you ask me oh, what way an S okay. goes. Like I know, like, like I can't say this way or that way. I have to draw it because okay. I have a hard time remembering that. And whenever I, and I still confuse my B's and my D's, not necessarily in the context of a word, but when it's by itself. By itself, yeah. And I will automatically, unless I'm doing cursive, I will automatically do my D's and B's backwards when it's in print. Oh, wow. Because when it's in cursive, it's K connected. And it and it and it's a different letter. It's yeah. a different drawing. Oh, and you're gonna love this. So, um, sometimes people who are dyslexic in English are or in s Spanish, they are not dyslexic when they read Chinese characters. What? Wow! Yeah. It's a different part of the brain that processes. What? Like specifically Cantonese Mandarin, that kind of or. <laughs> Like, like Japanese, all of the picture, like 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 the ones that are character based. Wow, does that include Jap uh, say Japanese, Korean, uh, Hindi? Uh, I I'm not sure about Hindi, but the ones that are based is it off Hindi of, or is it a different? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, oh, not wow. sure. Yeah, so so are and, there. And, 
and I'm sure there has to be more research in this area. But yeah, um, generally, that is what I've heard. Does that mean there are fewer dyslexics in China, for example? It probably looks in a different way. Yeah. And so that is a key thing that we have to remember about disability. um, And this includes uh, stuttering is that it's defined by the environment you're in. So if we could just stutter our heads off and no one said anything and we didn't discriminate and we weren't weren't discriminated against, then we wouldn't have a disability because there isn't a barrier because it's defined by having a barrier. And for people who have dyslexia and some other language, even though that's a different thing, I'm sure that there's something in that place, in in that school, that is a barrier. It's Mm -hmm. just not reading English. And so what I always tell teachers is that, because I have them do an interpretive dance of the brain, which when I see you, I will make you do that dance. Um, An actual dance? Yes, I have everyone stand up and we do the dance of uh, of a kid who is learning how to read because it's one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And then when reading for a typical kid becomes automatic, it goes one, 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 one. But that one, one, one is where dyslexia is. So what our brain has to do is compensate for it. And so what the dance is for us who have dyslexia is three, two, one, one, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three. And what I do is I have one out of every five people in there do the dyslexic shuffle with me. (laughs) And then everybody else does one, 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 one. And they see that you have to have five more steps to get to the same place. Oh, that's really effective. Do you have one for stuttering? I don't. I, I, I have guess no break idea dancing. Yeah, how that would be in the Beat brain. Boxing. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the tango. <laughs> yeah. Or no, no, no. Uh, the robot. Remember? <laughs> robot. That's From the what 70s. it is. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible. One more question, um, and this is my web accessibility professional brain talking. Um, when it comes to ca- reading subtitles or captions on YouTube videos. You're in a quiet environment. You don't want to play the video. I, I mean the audio of the video. You want to watch the video. Let's say it's a Richard Pryor. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But you probably watched it so many times, you probably know it by heart regardless. So, okay, I'm going to put the captions on. And in a perfect world, the captions are perfect. <laughs> They're written properly. <laughs> Someone took the time to make the accommodation uh, to do it. Um, are Is there anything that uh, we need to know about... Um, ensuring that the captions that we write are accessible to people with dyslexia. You know, I, 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 I always, so first of all, my dad is hard of hearing. So we have captions on all the time. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that in Iceland. Yeah. 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 Like my dad's excuse for not watching the family guy or the Simpsons is, Hey, I can't read their lips. We can't watch it. (laughs) And now that we have captioning, he doesn't have that excuse. And so it's fun. Um, (laughs) But I always have them on because, and especially now that you can go backwards and listen and, and see it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you can that's see right. Sure, what people say, 
and to check the information and check for understanding or whatever you want to say about it. Yeah. So (laughs) have you ever run into the issue of the automatic transcription that uh, Google fouls up? (laughs) Yes. And that and and, and the deaf community calls those craptions instead of captions. I love that. Yeah. Crap. They're terrible. Uh, yeah. They, they're awful. And for my video, you know, I'm a very small, you know, a, a very small time artist. But I have my friend Cheryl Green caption stuff because she has uh, has a business where she does that. And she does it oh. well. She does open captioning because also good to like, know. Good to know. Yes. Does she have a website and in case anyone wants to know? She, <laughs> Does I believe okay, her <laughs> film is Who Am I to Stop It? Oh, she has um, a film. Yeah, no, she's just super awesome. Wow. She's okay, I'll a, put a link in the show notes. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will yeah. send you her information. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and um, and so she captions my stuff, and she will open caption stuff. Like I, I have a light bulb joke that I want online, and. Um, and I want that open caption so people can can see it even if they can't hear it. So open caption means um, it's not that we, the viewer, has to have to make the decision to turn on or off. It's just there. It's already there. Like it's, it's there. there. It's part of the video. It's there. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that, and I think it, everything that we have on our, on our phones uh, on the computer, like texting, that was originally intended for people that are deaf. The phone was oh. originally intended for people that were deaf. Really? And the telephone? Yeah. So Alexander Graham Bell had it as an amplification thing. Oh my gosh. Wow. And, and he was also really shitty to 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 the deaf people in his life and deaf people in general. Wasn't so his you wife look that up. wasn't his wife deaf? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not the savior to the deaf people that we like to think he is. Oh, uh, uh, I think. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, he probably. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, and it's in the UK. Sad. I'm like, <laughs> I know. I know. But, um, but it's, it's good to it know. Is, yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing like, you know, now we can dictate into our phones. Like I if I don't know how to spell something, I just talk it into my phone. And it if tells the phone me, gets it right. Yeah, so, what right so what happens? So what happens when the phone gets out or understands it? Yeah, that that too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. Do you have issues with uh, your stuttering and dictation, or do you use like Google, Okay Google, or those voice? Um, I was or? dictating the other day on my phone, and I think I was dictating mockingbird. Which, as you can tell, that was my natural stutter there. Which, when I'm alone, it's a little bit less, but it's still yeah. there. I don't yeah. know who these people are who are always fluent when they're by themselves, because that's not me. Um, that's <laughs> happened with my show when I record by myself. I'm like, I'm going crap. <laughs> I have you know, no. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, val- no, not not val- uh, cre- uh, credibility. Because <laughs> I'm like. Right. You're fluent. (laughs) I know. And, um, and so when I was trying to say mockingbird, 
um, my phone came out, Ma- Matthew Mock, who is a friend of mine. <laughs> so it dictated a friend of mine instead of the That's word I was funny. trying to say. And so I texted him and I was like, Matthew, I just stuttered <laughs> on this word and you came up. So I thought I should text That's you. Funny. <laughs> so we had yeah. a nice interaction. <laughs> so your book is coming out. Where can listeners order their copy? Everywhere. So it will be doing, on Amazon. You're doing better than I am. <laughs> Yeah, well, I soon yeah. mine's going to be available on Amazon, but that's later in the year. But yeah, right now, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I, I am not as that's well good. organized as you. I know I would not be sending out books if if if, yeah. if, if I got the order. So I want someone else to do that. Yeah, but it yeah, will be true. in every bookstore everywhere. <laughs> it is published through She Writes Press and distributed through Ingram. So libraries bookstores, Amazon, oh, Barnes nice. and Nobles, Nook, stuff, either also in other countries because it was really expensive at first in England and India, but I was able to work it out so oh, that wow. it's not as expensive now. Nice, nice. Okay. So stutterinterrupted.com is the address, is the web address yes. for more information yes. and all that stuff. And uh, ninagcomedian.com, I believe it is, your website address. Very good. <laughs> At least I, re- I remember some th- something. <laughs> that works. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So after so after that launch day of August, what day was it again? August. August sixth. Sixth. So after that day, what's gonna what's what's next for Nina G? I am. I have a week of a straight week every single night. I'm doing a book read. At different places in California, up and down California, and pretty much all of August is California, and then then a few dates in Colorado, and then in October I'll be traveling around. I'm hoping to get something going in Atlanta, and something going in Portland, and I'm always available to hire for college and corporate gigs, um, and I'd love to come to people's school, especially not. Not in October. October is <laughs> almost completely booked because wow. that's the Disability Awareness Month. But I am available throughout the whole year on the right dates. Anything planned for International Stelling Awareness Day on October 22nd? If it goes well... <laughs> I, I can't believe forgot the date. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I know. Um, if it goes well, and I don't want to jinx it yet because a contract hasn't been okay. signed then don't worry. But nice. I will be doing a corporate gig. Shut so. up. No way. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I'm really, really happy about that. Good, good, good. Great stuff. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on again. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thanks for all the work you do. Thank you. You too. Likewise. And that was my uh, my engaging, really engaging, fun conversation with Nina G. And I'm, and I tell you, after after we stopped recording, I just kept pelting her with questions. Oh, and what what about if I do this in the comic? Uh, you know, is that accessible to people with dyslexia? And what if I do this with the comic? And all that stuff. Poor girl. <laughs> she was. I think I kept her on for an extra 20 minutes. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to send you an email, follow-up email. Now, I know uh, that uh, I'm way past my usual 40-minute <laughs> uh, mark um, for my show. And the, the conversation was so 
engaging and so much fun that I completely forgot that I need to also have room for the Q&A. 20 minutes? No, oh, I didn't time this well. Okay, so who has some questions? I see one in the back. You want to run this and then you want to, because I want to make sure. And also my auditory processing isn't always good when I'm under pressure with like 200 people watching and accents. So if I'm like very intent, I may have to ask you again and again, so. I wish we had another mic, but we'll just have to have to have a runner. Good afternoon, uh, or is it still the morning? Uh, I'm Pat Shields, I've got a sort of Irish Donegal Belfast uh, eclectic accent, Celtic accent, so can you understand me? All oh, right. Uh, yeah, it's just, I was interested, I know this is a stuttering uh, world conference, but I was interested in this dyslexia, uh, because you said that you started to write comedy at an early age, and I just wanted to know, how were you diagnosed and um, how you came to, you know, accept both disabilities and, and um, you know, went on to, the, to be a, an amazing comedian. Uh, so, because you've uh, seemed to marry both your disabilities exceedingly well. So I just want to know, were you diagnosed with dyslexia and did you get help with that um, uh, disability? and? Um, how you managed to to read uh, fluently and yeah. write, uh, yeah, no, if you wouldn't no. mind. I do not read fluently, no, nor do I talk fluently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so both of those things. Um, so th thank you so much for that question. It sounds like you probably don't need a mic, but in case you do, I mean, in case you want one. Let's, let's make this accessible for everybody, which is a key thing, so yes. Um, okay, so I was diagnosed in the, the third grade with dyslexia, and that's when my parents started to advocate. And that's also the same time that I so started to so stutter. And sometimes in the stuttering world, in so stuttering so spaces, I feel like I have to check my dyslexia at the door because sometimes we can't bring all of our identities into the room. And I really think that is something that we can start to change, that we can bring all, all of ourselves into the room, whether it's culture or disability or sexual orientation, whatever it is, we can integrate all of those th things in. So that's why I really appreciate your question. The second thing is, um, is having a dad who is hard of hearing, and I really want people who stutter to hear this, and I know this is true for um, my, I, I can only assume this is true for Michael Sh Sugarman's daughter too, that when you have a parent with a disability, a parent who stutters and you also have a di disability, you have a built-in role model. And that has been so important for me because my dad, when he would coach my girls' softball team, he would yell, because you know, like coach, at least coaches in America, that like the first day, it's always like, we're gonna get this and we're gonna win. And like, it's like, my dad gave a speech like that. And one of the first things was, was listen girls, I'm deaf. <laughs> and you're just gonna have to speak up when you talk to me. 
And I remember it as like a seventh grade girl, as a 12 year old girl, I was like, oh my God, why is he talking about this? This, uh, Dad, don't you know about the iceberg? Like we need to be ashamed, we need to be in denial. Um, and, and I looked around at the bench and the girls totally did not care. And I was like, oh, they don't care. That's interesting. And what I got from that was that I could advocate in that way. And, and of course, uh, m many of you saw the buttons that better here that say, I, I stutter and you're just going to have to wait for all of the brilliant things that I have to say. Uh, sure. <laughs> and that is something I learned from my dad. That, it's that quote, you can substitute stuttering with deafness, and that came from my dad. And for me, it was really important to have that. And that's why, I'll, that's why I also think we need to have kids in these kinds of spaces, because I didn't know who I would grow into. I did not know, know, know that. The only time that I saw a woman stutter on TV was this bikini babe who sold hot dogs off the side of the road from the Howard Stern show. I don't know if Howard Stern is known internationally. Okay. Oh, good, good. Yeah, it's the Irish guy from Canada knows. Um, <laughs> who knew? Um, and so that was the first time I saw someone of my gender who talked like me. I was 23 years old. I should not be getting my feminist role models from the Howard Stern show, okay? That is not appropriate. We need to do a better job there. And for the study on film, I also hope that you look at gender on top of stuttering, because it's almost always a dude. It's almost always a white dude. And that is almost always how stuttering is represented. And we need to expand whoa, what it looks like. Now, you asked me about dyslexia, and I totally did answer your question. Um, so, but for me, it's hard to tease apart stuttering and dyslexia. And that's really why I identify as a person with a disability, because the rights that people who use wheelchairs, people who are blind, people who are deaf, they are the ones who gave me my rights to go to school. They are the ones who, when I went to community college, which is the first two years in America, if you can't afford to go on to a four-year school or if your grades aren't good, good enough, which that was the case for um, me uh, on, on both of those, I went to community college, and there I learned that I could get bo books on tape. And now my reading, like I can get by, but if I'm going to read a book, I read off of my iPad or off of my phone, and I read at 350 words a minute on there. And if I read, without, if I read without an accommodation, I read at 110 words a minute. And that, for me, is a key thing. If I want to engage in the world of literature, I need to have that as, as, as an accommodation. And that is where the advocacy ties in, that those are the things I need, and that is what I asked for when I was in college. So I, I hope that kind of answers the question, and I appreciate you asking it. Other questions? Thank you very much for your presentation.
It was very powerful and entertaining. My name is Joyce. I'm from Australia, Sydney. And in some way, I'm a sort of uh, English is not my first uh, uh, language. I moved to Sydney in, uh, for, for 10 years. I'm just wondering um, if hopefully it's not a personal one. I mean, I'm just wondering if you have uh, seek the assistance of the uh, speech pathologist or uh, secondly, uh, I thought my personal experience or, or we experience as a person who stutter, we experience some sort of uh, good period and bad period. In case you experience the bad period, how could you cope with it? Thank you. much easier um so for me it's when i said that i was having a difficult time with d's that one week when the woman was like that that one that was you know it's the thing about stuttering that i have found is that i know it's gonna go up and i know it's gonna go down and i know it's gonna go up and then i know it's gonna go down i know certain times of the month as a woman it goes up and then it goes down. And like that to me, it, like even though it can be very frustrating at times, it's also very comforting to know that I know it's gonna be this way. I have lived a long enough life to know that it ebbs and flows and it goes up and down. And when I'm having a hard time, that's also when I write jokes because those are the times when I get the eye rolls it's that same week I did a show, and I stuttered a lot through it. And afterwards, someone came up to me and was like, have you ever thought about psilocybin mushrooms? I'm saying it wrong. How do you say it? Psychedelic? No, but this is a certain kind of mushroom. There are way too many of you know the answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so, so you know. Um, <laughs> and like, in, in apparently, some guy was on the Joe Rogan show and took mushrooms and then cured his speech. I listened to the speech, it wasn't cured. <laughs> no. Um, and so, that, that's when I take that information in and I have a way to deal with it, which is comedy. And, um, and that's when I decide to write my stuttering jokes is when it goes up high because those are the weird interactions. And also, part of my comedy isn't with the frustration of stuttering with my mouth and with my brain. It is a frustration of dealing with people and all those weird interactions. And I think we really need to um, talk about those interactions. And that's why I love the BSA campaign um, because it really tries to undo a lot of those uh, a lot of those awkward interactions. For me, I had speech. The last time I had speech was when I was 11 years old, and it was with Elaine. Um, I started with Elaine and I ended with Elaine, and uh, and and she was really great because she helped me with fluency techniques and she helped me with prolonging, which I sometimes use and sometimes not. But she also there was this one time when she that there was another girl who she saw who was my age 
in her practice and she tried to fix us up on a play date so she invited us both in at the same time and i was like oh this girl is gonna be my best friend we both stutter and and we're gonna call each other all the time and our families are gonna vacation and it's gonna be great we're gonna get frozen yogurt in the summer like i had like our it's it's our friendship was so planned out and and i met her and she 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 did not dig me at all. She did not like me at all. I and I called her up afterwards, and she's like, "Oh, my mom's calling me. I have to go." I was like, ah. But I eventually did find my stuttering sister, so I'm thankful for that. Crystal, look at you. Um, and um, and for me, her intervention was both for my speech, but also for these other parts of the iceberg, and to find that community and especially from a gendered point of view especially from another girl do we have time for other questions okay i see an easy one right here thank you so much for your presentation my name is lourdes i'm from boston mexico originally but i live in boston massachusetts and um uh, thank you so much for sharing your stories about school experiences not being so positive and i'm sorry about that and that is that seems to be um a very common experience for children in the public in the schools public and private mm -hmm. and um teachers i know many teachers who are wonderful and they make um, uh, they stutter, children who stutter and children with disabilities very welcome in the classrooms and and they advocate for them in the class all the kids when the right things are done all the other kids can become great allies so I th it seems to me like a lot of um, training has to be done to teachers in the, in the education field, uh, more so than uh, with the special education because we already know uh, many special education uh, teachers also need to be trained in being sensitive, developing more sensitivity and knowing what, how to advocate. Totally uh, agree with that. I I do train teachers, and um, they don't get a lot of information on so stuttering, if any, in teacher training programs, at least in the U.S. And also, I think that's where those of you who are speech and language professionals in the school, that is something that you can bring back. And I know Crystal has brought that back to her school. Would you mind if I gave you the mic and you talked about that? I can film you. Yeah. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so, yeah. So, my name is Crystal. I'm very close friends with Nina at ICE. This is Stutter. And I'm a speech therapist in a school, in elementary school in Brooklyn, New York. Is everybody here? Okay. Um, and so, 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 as you saw that little picture, um, I started a d d d d disability club at my school. It's once a month, it's just like a lunch. Club, but uh, the whole point is for kids to learn about other di disabilities and, like she said, become more sensitive and sort of understanding because um, it's so important. I also have cerebral palsy, um, so I kind of felt like my school, though great and tries to be progressive, doesn't really understand disability. And uh, I was just so happy that my student really wanted to do this or else I probably would have never done it. Um, but I kind of always wanted to. So we actually had Nina come in and do an assembly. Um, so 
So if any of you guys work in schools, you can hire Nina because she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It, was, it went over so well. Uh, the kids were like on the edge of their seat because they had never saw someone speak about dis disability so passionately and with such confidence and like straightforward. This is this is just how it is. Um, and so I got to speak also and. I feel like I've become a little bit of a rock star in the school because now, now all the kids know me and it was very special. Um, so yeah, it, it's slowly making changes like that is really a big deal. And you guys all have that power. One more. Any more questions or comments right here? Uh, well, it's an easy question, but I guess a difficult answer. Um, you changed the shame in your iceberg to pride. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so first of all, my iceberg may not be your iceberg. You create your own iceberg. For me, what I did was I went to a thesaurus and just looked up the opposite of pride or, or shame and it's pride so there's that <laughs> but community has been a big part of that and and the thing is it's not that you have shame one day and pride the next there are days there are weeks there are minutes where it's like oh like don't like do not surprise me at a drive-through. I don't know if you have drive-throughs in Iceland. Yeah, no, like everything is a drive-through in California because we won't get out of our cars for anything. Um, <laughs> and so we have to order. And once I was off to a comedy competition and I was gonna be all there, I was gonna be active, I was gonna do it. Um, and I drove to McDonald's first. And I told all my friends who are comics in the car, I was like, do you want anything? And they're like, no. I'm all, okay, I'm ordering my Diet Coke and that's it. And then they, as, as soon as I got up to this uh, speaker, they're like, oh, I want a cheeseburger, I want fries. And I froze, I froze. And it was part of that shame, part of that fear, all that iceberg stuff. And, there, and then after that, they were like, but you get up on stage and you talk all the time. I'm all, yeah, but it's the McDonald's speaker. That's 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 really really scary. Um, and I think I'm so glad you asked this as the final thing because I think we get very hard on ourselves. And I've seen this a lot, especially at the NSA, where it's like you have to have pride or you're in shame. It's a continuum, and you hop from it all the time. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be pretty. It's not cut and dry. Everybody has their own path in this. And for me, I have, you know, I am lucky enough to be from the Bay Area, where Michael Sugarman's from. I found the NSP when I was 17 years old. I started to go and volunteer there. I thought that that if you found a job that you could get paid for and you talked at that you were fine like like that was the bar i worked for and it was kind of coming from a working class family where it is work and as long as you have work you're fine 
Um, and once I got that, I was like, oh, I, it's my stuttering isn't it, impacting me. It impacted me every which way, and it held me back in a lot of ways because of how I thought about it. And so I think the best way to find pride is to be exposed to different things. And also to think about pride not as, whoa, waving a flag, although we don't have a stuttering flag, um, but it's not that. It's more about stuttering and talking with your true uh, uh, authentic self. It is doing the things that you wanna do and furthering the cause of helping the world see stuttering in a different way. And I know that if you're in this room, you are part of that. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you to all our Iceland friends for everything. And that was an engaging uh, Q&A <laughs> given by Nina G. In case you forgot, because it has been over an hour now. Uh, if you <laughs> if you're still listening, thank you. Thank you for still listening. And I promise this will be a very quick outro thank you for listening like i just said i want to hear from you if you have any uh feedback or questions or such you want to share your story uh practice some speech tools maybe you just want to practice stuttering openly that's a lot more fun and uh coolstutter at gmail.com is the email to send me your audio file that you can record using the voice memo app that's on your phone that's on your smartphone so we'll say what two three minutes and let me see what else. I'm gonna have in the show notes the link to the video. I know I mentioned earlier of a keynote. You don't want to miss that. And well, until then, <laughs> I'm gonna stop now. Until then, may your stuttering always be with absolutely utter confidence. Ciao. You know, I'll probably leave it recording. I think that's what I'll do. So you can hear the soothing, relaxing sounds of me walking.
if you want to hear more of these footsteps, <laughs> I'm going to upload a file and include it in the show notes. An MP3 you can download. And uh, yeah, be, be uh, soothe the sleep to the sound of my hiking. <laughs> Ciao.